When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's June 27th, 1995, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It's hard not to feel that if in the mid-90s you found yourself dating Liz Hurley, especially after she'd just stepped out in that Versace safety pin dress, you might feel as though all your luck was in. But as history has shown time and again, there's simply no accounting for humans' needs and urges. And so it was on this day that Hugh Grant procured the services of L.A. streetwalker Divine Brown in what he later called a moment of insanity. Uh, Yeah, so in 1995, Hugh Grant was pretty big news. He was fresh off the international blockbuster hit of four weddings and a funeral that he still wasn't super famous in the states and this will become relevant and he was in the u.s to promote his new film nine months when he crossed paths with estella marie thompson who would go on to be better known as divine brown her sort of street name uh, on sunset boulevard in the early hours he was cruising down in his white bmw and she would actually later say that she was quite creeped out by him she didn't recognize him He was wearing a baseball cap and he was sort of following her down the street. And he was very shifty acting as well. So she immediately thought he was a cop. She basically came over to confront him, sort of say, you know, if you're a cop, do one. And instead, he offered her her asking price of $60 to go into a side street with him and perform oral sex in his car. Yeah, like you say, Divine Brown did not know who Hugh Grant was at this point. And I think the way in which she found out is probably my favourite bit of this grimy story, uh, which is that she was having a shower at home the next morning having been pulled aside by an actual cop because that is what happened and overheard Good Morning America coming from the telly in the sitting room saying actor Hugh Grant has been pulled over for engaging in a sex act near Sunset Boulevard and didn't even know it was talking about her until she went and saw his mugshot and then she was like Oh, he's an actor. He's famous. I just thought he was weird. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, it's hard to imagine now in an era when celebrity sex tapes are just everywhere. But back then, a film star getting caught with a sex worker was kind of a big deal. And newspapers and television networks on both sides of the Atlantic really covered it as though it was like you know, the fall of the Berlin Wall or something. Like, it was absolutely everywhere. So it's not surprising that it was the first thing that she saw after getting out of her shower. But the way that they got caught was the detail that I quite liked when I was reading researching this story because according to Thompson the attention of a policeman was alerted by the fact that Grant was repeatedly pressing the brake pedal (laughs) with his foot (laughs) which caused the brake lights to flash (laughs) and and the policeman was like is there some problem over there? And, and he went and investigated it, and that's how they got busted. <laughs> yeah, they were arrested for lewd conduct in a public place, which seems fairly accurate. And they were both released on their own recognizance. They went their separate ways. It was a kind of a weird coincidence that their paths had crossed in the first place because Thompson usually worked from a hotel room in Oakland, which is where she lived, but she'd had a row with her boyfriend and pimp, a guy called Alvin C. Brown, who's also the father of her two young daughters. And so she had flown to LA hoping basically to make a quick buck on the streets out there. 
So it wasn't her regular beat. She had no idea who he was. It was just a complete, I don't want to say serendipity because that was another rom-com and he's a rom-com star and it feels a bit much. But let's say it was serendipity that brought them together. It was a sliding doors occasion. It could have been totally different if she'd just missed that train. it probably helped him that he was 34 at this point. And actually the fact that she was at least 23 and not like 18 or something does make it slightly less sordid than it could be this story I feel at least because they were both young young enough that now they can say oh Mm. we were young but actually old enough to deal with this with a level of maturity that I think you wouldn't have seen if if they'd have both been just five years younger and I think the way in which he recovered this is a sort of landmark in showbiz PR and owning up to your mistakes which I think probably did only come because he was the age that he was. I think he knew that he would have coped had it all fallen apart because he'd had a career as a not particularly successful actor for 10 years prior to this. He'd had this huge success with Four Weddings and a Funeral and was kind of just almost taken aback that he was a huge star in the States amongst the kind of people that go and see English movies, which isn't that many people, but still Four Weddings was a big hit. And so I think like at this exact moment, he was able to deal with this in a way that looked back on now is sort of textbook. Yeah, it's remarkable. He went on this apology tour, which has since become quite famous, but he started out visiting Jay Leno on The Tonight Show with this massive mea culpa that was really just very sincerely put. He did seem to be very, very apologetic. I mean, that appearance on The Tonight Show is fascinating. It is the YouTube video that we've linked to in the show notes to this episode, so do have a look. Because there was a lot of build-up. You say he sort of went straight on The Tonight Show, but he didn't really. There was an 11-day gap between this incident and this appearance. The reason it's remembered that he got straight onto the story is he put out a statement immediately. Last night I did something completely insane. I've hurt people I love and embarrassed people I work with. For both things I am more sorry than I can ever possibly say. Then... The media went into absolute overdrive. He was on the front of every paper. The News of the World paid Divine Brown to dress up in Liz Hurley's dress. The front of the New York Post was Hugh Dirty Dog, etc. And he honoured a commitment to promote nine months on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno that had been in the diary for a while. And if you watch now, you can see on YouTube bits of the show before Hugh gets there. There's this moment where Leno goes out to the parking lot And there is the world's media there, ready to see him. And there are members of the Mm. public with signs like, um, I would have paid you, Hugh. Um, (laughs) And then when Hugh Grant (laughs) comes out, there's just this audience expectation of like, how are they going to deal with this? And Leno delivers the perfect line. I mean, you know, he is often compared unfavorably to Letterman in chat show hosts of the era as not having the wit, really, of David Letterman. And I think that's true when it comes to spontaneous gags. But this line, his first question, what the hell were you thinking, gets a round of applause from the audience Mm. and was so significant that it actually marked the moment at which The Tonight Show started leading in the ratings over The Late Show with David Letterman for some years. And prior to this, the public were kind of Mm. saying... Like Johnny Carson had said, the job should have gone to Dave, not Jay. So this was a huge moment for The Tonight Show, as well as for Mm. Hugh Grant. And Grant's answers are self-deprecating. He deals with it really well, but he also does crack jokes. He does a, I've never been one to blow my own trumpet Mm. joke. But that question, though, of what were you thinking, it 
gets at the sort of the dark side of the whole coverage, which is this classist, yes. and frankly, really racist undertone. The question being, how could you have this classy English rose starlet? She'd just been named as the face of Estée Lauder. And how could you betray her for this poor black streetwalker? That's essentially what it comes down to. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, at the time, reporters quoted her as saying that Grant had told her, I always wanted to sleep with a black woman. That's my fantasy. Whether she said that, whether he said that, who's who's to say because the reporters wanted to get every single detail and probably weren't above making up some of it as well but it was this idea that how could you do that what were you thinking not just that he cheated i think if he had been caught you know having sex with a different hollywood star the reaction wouldn't have been anywhere near the same thompson was very ill prepared to be thrust into the spot like this you know she'd grown up in poverty she'd ended up as a cash-strapped young mother and she later said she turned to sex work to pay a 133 dollar electricity bill so mm. it really was a case that she then was in this position to be ripe for exploitation and it's difficult because she has looked back on it since and said that she welcomed all the opportunities that went her way and it's not that she was forced to do any of these things you know she started in a kind of softcore dramatization of the incident she posed in new mag she did lots of tv cameos as herself etc but the imperative for her doing all of that was financial stability yeah that's so true and it's interesting that people continue to ask to this day Grant to justify kind of the thought process that he went through to take him to that moment, exactly as you say, because it's people have long found it unfathomable on all of these terms that you have drawn up because of his relative social position to hers. And even as recently as last year, he appeared on Mark Maron's uh, WTF podcast and he got asked the same question. He was like, why Why did you do it? It was interesting then the reply that he came up with. He said he'd just seen a cut of the film Nine Months and he was feeling so utterly atrocious, he said, about his uh, performance. And that led him, he said, to a, quote, Ken Russell kind of a lunch and one thing led to another and that's what took him to go and do this rash thing. He'd been out drinking with Jeff Goldblum and Tom Arnold. I mean, that's all you need to know, right? Right. (laughs) That tells you what kind of evening you're having. I mean, I have to say, it didn't do his career any harm. If anything, it was beneficial because before he'd been concerned about being typecast as the sort of character that he'd risen to fame with in Four Weddings and a Funeral, this sort of shy, bumbling Englishman. But this, the Divine Brown incident, showed that he could be sort of a baddie, quote unquote. Another historical precedent, I think, to bear in mind is this is the same era as Heidi Fleiss and as we discussed in our episode about her the Mm. Hollywood madam you'd seen Charlie Sheen on trial talking about using sex workers in that and the public did not like the way he presented himself you know he came across sort of sweaty and distrustful and sleazy and the fact that here was a clean-cut Brit falling into this Hollywood trap was I think inherently amusing it gives us permission to talk about the fact that actors in Hollywood have been getting blowjobs on Sunset Boulevard for 50 years. But it just so happens that the one who got caught out is the one who got flown over. (laughs) Tomorrow. And it was at this point that the Scottish commanders were like, actually, I think it's time to turn around and go back. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.